Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners on at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds and NBA playoffs, fights, and even the next features. And don't forget that all MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to work, pick the play in the World Series? Or who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today your mobile device and join our promo code BLEAV that's BLEAV receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to an athlete's journey. You know, I'm your host, Travis Reed. Today, I got a special guest, uh, a friend of mine who I played with my last year in Europe, a really good dude who I appreciate. I have, I had so much fun with him. I even played against him when I was in, uh, when I was in Holland. And then now we're playing, you know, we played together with my last year in Europe and Germany. He's an Australian player, played in Germany for a long time. Germany legend, period. Germany legend. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, like I said, I had a wonderful time with him. He showed me around. Um, his name is Lee Joker, and he is my guest today. Thank you for coming on, Lee. I really appreciate it. No worries. Happy to be here, Trav. Good to see you again. On, even if it's just a video, I, I can see you look, looking, <laughs> looking good, man. Looking good. <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. Um, I definitely feel like it's, uh, you know, like good for us to connect. I was trying to get people, people don't understand. I've been trying to get him on for like a year, <laughs> you know, so uh, definitely want to say like, I just appreciate him coming on. Appreciate him, uh, you know, coming on my show. So. Oh, because he, he can play, y'all. He can play. You know, he Lee had a jumper. He, he had a wet jumper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I appreciate the invite onto your show, Trev. Uh, no, no problem. No problem. All right, Lee, well, let's get it started. How did your basketball journey start? Well, I was four years old when I first started playing, which is quite young. I was, I think, the, I can't remember if the youngest age group was under eights or under sixes, but I just played because my brother, my older brother played, he's two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to 
you know, do what, what he did. So I started playing basketball um, and I, I really loved it. I loved all sports, to be honest. I was in primary school, is what we call it over here. Um, mm -hmm. Grade one to six. We, I was um, playing basketball, football, I think thing we called little athletics on the weekends. So it's just like track and field events. Um, so my parents had me and my brother playing three different sports each. Um, I, I Now looking back, I think, um, I don't know how they got us to all those, those events, but. Um, yeah, they, <laughs> Shout out to all parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, then I, I sort of went on and kept playing at, at the local club and then they have a representative team and um, that was the Werribee Devils and played for them. Um, all through juniors. So, um, but before I got to the Devils, I might have best just been starting with the Devils. I was playing the, they pick a schoolboys. So this is in grade six, I believe they pick a schoolboys uh, Victorian representative team for basketball and for football and for all sports. And I made the basketball and foot, football team. So you go to the nationals and you compete. Mm -hmm. uh, and from that moment on, my parents, it was a lot of driving, a lot of traveling for my parents. They just said, choose one sport. <laughs> I chose, I chose basketball. And, that, and okay. that's when I went to, to play um, through all the, you know, the, the junior um, representative teams and play for the Ruby Devils. And uh, that sort of got me deep into the game. No, yeah, I was going to say, like, if your parents are traveling to basketball, football, and they play a different type of football, everybody they play rugby, which is just street football, uh, football with no helmets, you know, and it's, I mean, they kick, but it's like, when I went to a game, I was like, these dudes are physical. So, you know, I would yeah. never want to tackle a guy with no helmet on my head. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's, that's, yeah, Americans think, think we're crazy. That That's rugby. That's the NRL. I played, I played the, the other code, which is probably the more, popular code which is the afl where it's like um the oval ball and the you can handball and kick but the, it's not as physical as rugby um still still very physical and you can you know hit people and tackle them and stuff like that but um mm. when you when you're playing at a younger age there's not that much of physicality in there but um yeah so there's there's two different codes uh, Melbourne in Melbourne where I'm from AFL is the the main code which and in Sydney uh, the NRL is the main code which is the rugby just uh, if anyone out there is interested in Australian <laughs> hey I, I I was interested when I when I uh, when I was out there shoot I I went to a couple of games and I was in Australia when I was hooping out there it was fun I was like these dudes are crazy I wouldn't want to play against them in basketball it was uh, definitely something like definitely something to see. Yeah, that's why it's funny when you go when you play like a Monday night comp, um, you know, and you got footy players playing. It's dangerous because <laughs> they just <laughs> they just run straight through you and don't even think it's a foul. <laughs> yeah, I imagine, man. I I only can imagine. So I know you mentioned it, you know, through grade school. Um, they don't have what they call AAU out there, do you? Do they in Australia, or is it no, something a little bit different? No, nah, there's there's nothing really like the system or the sort of setup that um, you guys have in the states. We, we I mean, the high school basketball um, that I played was it, it was really um, 
there was nothing. You just play against your district, and that was it. It was, it was nothing that you know. And the best basketball players don't uh, always play for their high school team. It's it's totally different out here. You play for the, your, your your local club, and then you you try and make the Vic Championship. So um, that'll be played on Friday nights. So that's where all the development is. So it's not through like the high school and college system like it is for you guys. It's through basketball associations that set up um, the clubs, and then they. Um, compete to, to, to or they try out and compete to play in the big championships. BC. Okay. Okay. So it's like basically like only the best of the best gets to play in these big championships on like the Friday nights, right? Yeah, that's right. So you've got your local domestic competitions and then from there, each association will have a representative team. Um, and then those teams play against all the other representative teams and the top eight, will play in VC or top 12 will play and they'll keep competing on Friday nights. Back when I was playing, there was, you know, every age group had a first team and a second team. Um, now the popularity of basketball, junior basketball in Australia is just skyrocketing. So there's like seven, eight, nine teams per age age group now in, in each, each club. So there's like, you know, there's a big um, problem of getting enough basketball court space here there's enough courts built um don't know how it is in, in the states with that but yeah that, that, that's a challenge with a lot of the associations well no yeah with the aau thing it's uh for us it's a little different you know like sometimes you have that because there's so many aau teams it's like this guy wants you know has a little bit of money he wants to have an aau team because his son plays on and he wants his son to play the whole game or they have the main, they have the main AAU team where a lot of the NBA guys, Compton Magic in California, uh, where a lot of guys have gotten drafted out of the Compton Magic. Um, you know, a guy got drafted by Atlanta from Cheeto Hills, you know, Jeff Chapange, just like a bunch of guys from that, you know, like now it's just like, or all these kids come to one team and play, or like I said, it's like a spread out kind of thing where it's so many teams. So yeah. It's kind of like that for us. Um, now, obviously, you didn't play, like I said, really go to high school, but what was your most memorable moment as a young kid, you know, like as far as like going with the path you were going on? The most memorable moment that just popped into my head was probably the first um, Vic State team that um, I made for basketball. Uh, we went to, I think it was in Terrigal, New South Wales, and we we won the nationals. So just as a young kid uh, representing your state and then winning, going back into the locker room and celebrating was um, probably the highlight as a, as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's cool. Like I said, we uh, for us, we have like the nationals, the AAU nationals. So like the best of the states of every state, one team gets one, you know, one one state gets one team. Uh, yep. So it's like the top 50, top 50 teams in the state in every top 50 state teams, you know? And we won uh, two years in a row and we went to the Nationals. So in the Nationals, I saw Shane Battier, Elton Brand, Ron Artest, you know, all these dudes at like 13, 14 years old, it was all on their teams. So for us, it was like me, Jason Collins, Jaron Collins, uh, that played on the, you know, like the, the our team that won the state. We beat like Baron's team, Baron Davis team in, in championship. Uh, we tried to recruit him and kind of be like a ringer on our team, <laughs> but he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't want to do it. So, um, but yeah, I understand what you're talking about, like, as far as like representing your state. That's actually pretty cool. 
Yeah, well, it's cool, but it's it's not. I, I can't drop the names you've just dropped, and I and I didn't compete against fifty states. We had six or so states and a couple of territories, so it was um. There's only yeah. There's less. Hey, it's, it's still you still represent it, bro. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in high school, like you played with your club team, and obviously you didn't like you said you didn't play with your necessarily high school, but. Like, were you ever thinking about coming to the States for college? Were you ever recruited to the States for college? Or did you just know that I'm going to stay here and, like, go to school out here in, in, in Australia? No, there was a time where I did um, – I was I spoke to a couple of schools. I think um, – I can't even – I mean, that's how old we are, Travis. <laughs> yeah, I <can't> right. <laughs> agree, agree. But they – it didn't end up – uh, panning out because I I started training with um, the Melbourne Tigers. Um, you know, you might know Andrew Gaze. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Copeland. Warwick Giddy, Josh Giddy's dad, who's, mm -hmm. who's with um, those guys. So I started training with them when I was 17 or something like that. So I was like, I just got a little taste of the NBL and I'm, you know, I think, oh, this is, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> training with those guys. So I did that for a couple of years and then during that period, I was thinking of going, and then I got offered a contract um, with the Brisbane Bullets. So mm. I chose that pathway instead, which looking back, who knows? You know, it's probably probably would have been uh, more beneficial to go the college route, um, but I, you know, can't regret anything. So hey, that, hey. That, I learned a lot. I learned a lot out there. Joey Wright was the coach. He, 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 um, he was the first coach I had, and I had a lot of good coaches, but he was the first coach I had that really – really trained you hard and you got you know you got the most out of you you know what you could do physically because um you just wouldn't have been able to uh you know stay um on that squad if you if you weren't giving 150 percent every day and he'd have long long practices and defensive minded which is what i needed at the time too so yeah it was good no i get that i think uh, you know it's hard when you're a kid if you're getting money offered at you or a chance to go to school, you know, like if you, I don't know what you made your first contract, but let's just say you made a hundred thousand or whatever. And you just like a hundred thousand is in my hand right here. Or like go to college, you know, I think I, yeah. I might take the hundred thousand myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it wasn't even the money and it wasn't that much, but it wasn't even the money. It was, it was almost like I've been, I grew up idolizing all these guys playing in the NBL and then I got a chance to be, a part of that so I was like yeah I'm definitely doing that <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a real hard decision so um yeah well okay well like I know there was a big jump from I was playing for your club team to playing for the you know NDL team uh what was the hardest thing about the transition from one to the other um just the I guess the size of everyone so getting you know you come out of the juniors even when you're under 14s, 16s, 18s, 20s. So um, playing nationals at each age group. I mean, guys are big. You got your seven footers. Um, and Bogut was on one of those teams. Actually, I played with him, not against mm -hmm. him. But there, there was there was some big guys. But then you get you get to the professional level, and it's just a whole other world. You got big guards. You know, strong, quick. So. The, the challenge was probably just the size, the size of everyone. I needed another 
five or six inches, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, I've watched it, you know, I, I, and I had a couple of friends who did play, you know, so I know the size and the strength of Australian big man, you know, and speed. So, and obviously if they bring in Americans, the Americans are pros, you know, they're and they're good pros because they're, yeah. you know, getting paid good money. So, yeah, I imagine that being like a tough, a tough transition. You know, it's a bigger, it's a bigger jump in Australia because you go from there's 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 no in between. You go from the, the the juniors, and then if you can, you play, you know, like in the second division or in the NBL, mm-hmm. and that jump, that jump is pretty big. It's like um, I know the jump from college to the pros in America is big, but college is sort of a good um, sort of transitional, um, you know, league to get. Oh, it's not a league, but. No, 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 no. Of, of your yeah. development to go through um, to, to adjust to, to all that stuff. So in Australia, we don't have that. There, there is that missing link in between. Yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of like when you go from high school, basically to the NBA or something like that. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, like the, the yeah. big jump. It's a big jump. So I, may, I imagine that. So what was like, I would say, what was the biggest thing you learned from your first year playing uh, professional? Um. Well, with with Joey Wright, it was it was a really big eye opener. Just like I said, how hard the, the practice, how hard you had to work, um, and how hard these guys actually work day in day out. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was. Uh, I thought I was working hard, and then I got there, and then I I I realized what you know real hard work was. So that was probably <laughs> the biggest thing. Okay. 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 Well. Obviously, that was the beginning of your career. How many years did you play overseas, or just play professional uh, general? Uh, oh, professional depends if you count the semi-professional. You know, the, <laughs> the second league stuff over here, which I just sort of finished playing. But I played ten years over over in Europe, eight eight years in Germany, uh, and then I split one in Switzerland and Portugal. Okay, but you, how many how many years did you play in uh, in Australia before you went to Europe? Uh, well, I played for the Bullets, and I, before that, I was playing for Werribee for a couple of years, um, which was the semi-pro league, like you would have played. Was it Rockhampton? What, yeah, what, Rockhampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, so, oh, since I was eighteen, and then I'm thirty-five, thirty-six, or maybe I was seventeen. So nearly 20, 19 years or something like that. It's a long time. <laughs> that is a hell of a career, everybody. A hell of a career. I would say that just because. You know, if somebody's playing for that long, um, you got to respect, you know, their knowledge of the game, you know, 19 year career. That's double my professional career. So, yeah, you know, I'll give I'll give you much props, Lee, much props. <laughs> All right. So you play a couple of years in, 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 in Australia. What made you go to Europe? Uh, well, I got a at the time um, they had imports and then they had bosman players you remember that yeah bosman yeah yeah bosman a bosman b which is like a if you so my mum um was born in england so i was able to get a british passport mm. um, at mm. the time i just finished with the bullets and i wanted to travel as well and one of my old um, teammates said i know an agent who can look at getting you a job overseas so i was like all right and he got me it was either there was two options, Italy second league or Germany second league. He said the Italian job would be 
you get you wouldn't be guaranteed minutes. You could play a lot, you might not. The German job, if you go there and they like you, you'll play. Um, so I was like, all right, I want to play. I went to Germany. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a crazy situation to walk into, you know, your first sort of time in Europe. Um, and you get there and this is what I walked into anyway. I had no no iPhone. I had an old flip phone because I don't even got iPhones weren't there. Um, then I had, then I had, um, sorry, just getting distracted. Then yes. I had, uh, so, so I was in, I was in a hotel, no iPhone, no, um, nothing. So I didn't, I don't think I spoke to my parents for about a two week period when, I, you know, I got there and I was, I was not really knowing what I know now going into that situation. I would have dealt with things a little bit different. <laughs> Asked for a few more things. Um, they just had me in this little hotel room. It was on the beach, which was good, but I had I had nothing, no form of communication. I didn't have internet. I had nothing. Oh wow! Um, wow. Yeah. So I I didn't have an apartment. So I was in that hotel for two weeks. That that you know I got through that, and then um, but yeah, on the basketball side, walking into training, you got so Lithuanian coach, Lithuanian point guard, Lithuanian center, um, three Russians. And then there was three, three Americans, myself and four or five Germans. Um, So there was a couple of interesting things. One was I was there to replace a player who was still there. (laughs) His name was Kinte Smith. He was a good player, um, but just didn't fit into the, into the team, I guess. I'm not sure the coach wasn't happy with him, but I didn't really, they didn't tell me this. So I'm, I'm getting there and, you know, I'm, I'm friends with everyone and, you know, I got to know everyone pretty quick and Kinte was a real nice guy. And now I look, when I look back on it now, I, I think he was actually a nicer guy than I realized at the time because he knew I was there to take his job and still treated me like a good friend. So um, uh. it was one of those situations where you soon learn that it's, it's a business over there pretty quick, um, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, but yeah, then training sessions would get pretty, pretty wild because, it was, it was, they were a close knit team, but very segregated because of the nationalities. Of course, um, of course. Four different, four different nationalities. When you, when you throw the ball out and you go three on three on three with, with that group and you, and you, you represent your country. No, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, dude. I, and I want to, I want to circle back on what you were saying, Lee. Like, Man, uh, I'll give you one story, a quick one. Like my first year overseas when I was trying out for teams, I went to France. Uh, I had just got cut in uh, Poland. Um, you know, even though like I was doing good, they said you wasn't 6'10", so we're going to cut you. And uh, I went to I went to France and there was an American there. Why? They was like, you just going to the team. It was like, no, it was American there. I had to go against him. Every day, one on one, two on two with the juniors, three on three with the juniors, then full practice, then we would play a game, you know. And uh, I was just like, damn, you know, like, so I, I, my agent told me, oh no, it's just you, you're gonna make the team, yada, yada. And then they brought another American in while I was on my tryout with the team. <laughs> I was like, I mean, the first American was nice. And they kind of expected me to be nice to the new American. And I'm just like, why? He tried to take my yeah. job. Like, you got me on a trial, you got him on a trial. You know, it's like, oh. So, yeah, I'll give you, yeah. I'll give, I'll give you much props and love for that one, man. Because, you know, trust me, I was, 
I was like, this is a business, dude. Straight up. They bring you, they brought a guy, you was on a trial, they brought a guy in for your trial. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you think sometimes these clubs, they got, you know, older people sort of running, running them who maybe don't understand the psychology that the players go through, the mental side of it. And I mean, I don't think many players in that situation are going to perform anywhere near their best. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's other teams I played on later on in Europe that were similar to that, that I'm sure we'll touch on. Yeah, no, man, like I said, that was, and I want to say like, as far as like, you know, Europeans, like Americans, and then like the home, I had that when I was in Holland, it was like the three Americans, then we had like, you know, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, you know, all in one yeah. section. And then we had the Dutch people in another section. So it was like, yeah, it was all, we were all, our, our coach was like, nah, yeah, I'm gonna switch everybody's room. So you're gonna be with random people every time we went somewhere. So, yeah, you know, yeah. cause yeah, you know, cause you go to a hotel, you be like, all right, I'm with the American. And no, yeah. no, no, we can't do that. You're gonna be with this Lithuanian dude who, Smokes before the game, so the room smells like smoke. <laughs> hey, the Lithuanian point guard on that team smoked like a chimney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "You smoking before the game?" He's like, "Man, I have to, I have to smoke, Travis. I have to. You know, this is just me. I'm good shape." I was like, wow. So you play your first year in Germany. You make the team. Obviously, you do really good. Uh, what's what happens next? Uh, next, I um, I stay. We had um, I became pretty good friends with. Um, well, the, the coach kind of took me in it as a son. Really, he was um, he had a son himself named Bennis, um, and he was over in the states at college, um, and he was due back. So I'd um, spoken to him briefly over the phone a couple of times, but I spent Christmas with you know Coach Willie which is Venice's dad and, you know, created a bond with him and um, Broderick Bob, who was the um, American big man we had, who was the exact same height and weight as LeBron, but he was our five man. And, and it just made me um, think about LeBron differently because this guy was dunking on everyone, overpowering everyone. And he was the same, you know, same height and weight as LeBron. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. It was just pretty crazy. So I, stay, I, I ended up signing early, which, Looking back, might not have been the smartest move. <laughs> um, so Everybody has those time. stories. Everybody has those sign early stories. Like, man, I shouldn't have signed early. Yeah, I signed. I signed again, and 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 then I had it. Had another good season, and we we did well. I think we finished. We came from when I got there the first year. We, I I came into stay in the league mode. We were in the relegation, you know, bottom two, and we got out of that. Um, and then the second season, we finished seventh. And then most of the team wanted to stay. Venice was there as well, who I'd become really close with. Um, and then Broderick Bob stayed. And we, we there was some imports come and go, but we kept the core together. And I stayed for a third season. We finished third. So we, um, you know, it was a good few years there in Cookshaven. Really built some um, lifelong friendships and learned a lot along the way. But... I don't regret it, but I, if I had have held out, I might have been playing in 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 you know on some uh, different teams, and you know you know how that goes. <laughs> no, 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 Lee. Me and you have very similar stories because I played against you when you was in Cokeshaven, right? 
Yeah, that's what yeah, I remember, I remember you, you dunking on all of us. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when I was like pre-surgery, pre-shins, uh, pre-stress uh, fractures. I had all the hops then, you know. <laughs> I remember our coach saying, watch out for this guy. We'd already, me and Venice, because me and Venice were looking at, 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 you know, who else was who else was doing what around Europe. And um, we definitely knew who you were. So coming in, we are like, oh, yeah, Travis Reed, you know. And then you came in and, we couldn't stop you. You dunked, you dunked on all of us, but you had a, you had a good little guard too named Travis. He, yeah, he, Travis he Young. Awesome. Travis Young. Yeah. Smooth too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was he was like our if you want to say we were Kobe and Shaq, he was definitely Kobe. Um, yeah. he, he was he was getting buckets. He was a bucket getter. You know, yeah. he come down, shoot it quick. You know, he was just five eight or five ten, whatever he was. He was just little. Other than that, he, he might have made the NBA. Um, yeah. Right. You know, well, I, but, saw, I, saw two, I saw the two versions, the two extreme versions of you then, didn't I? I saw the the, the above the rim and then the, the below the rim. <laughs> <laughs> you saw, that's what happens. You saw pre-surgery, you saw post-surgery me, you know, because when we played together, I was uh, below the rim. I was not above the rim then. <laughs> but still still getting it done. No one could guide you in the, in the block. You were, you were, you were, you were. Exactly. That's the funny thing is like, I still have my, my savvy, but when I was young, I would oh, pump, you know, dunk it before. And then I was like, oh, fade away layup, hook shot. <laughs> so, but now um, you won MVP that year. Y'all finished third, right? MVP to lead? Uh, that, no, that was a couple of years later. I... Now, from there, I thought, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to try um, get out of Germany mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. yeah, see see what see what else is out there. And I signed a contract um, in Switzerland. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And boy, boy, was that an experience! So we <laughs> we um, I got there. There was like I don't even know what the rules were for imports. You know, each country is different. I can't remember, but I I know that. By the time I left, which was after a few games, the coach had actually fired 20 Americans. What? Yeah, this was in like a three or four month period. Um, so in the preseason, we had guys landing on flights and leaving on flights every week. It was, <laughs> it was just, it was mayhem. And this coach was crazy. So he was a French coach, um, you know, uh, not to pick on his appearance, but he had a he had a he had a weave sewed in and all this sort of stuff. He was a real colourful character, nice guy off the court, you know. But yeah. but as soon as we walk into training, he'd just flip, and we would just be, you know, I said I had a tough coach in Brisbane. Well, he had some. Um, he, he knew what if he knew the game. He's one of the best coaches in in, in NBL history. The this coach in um, Switzerland, he was uh, just pure craziness. <laughs> <laughs> he would, no rhyme or reason for anything and just sprint this sprint that do this three sessions a day you know it was it was i think it you know i still had a long career but i think that took a couple of years off my body definitely <laughs> yeah. no, no was, i understand was, that yeah it was in luzon luzon was the town it was beautiful city um probably the best you know the nicest city i lived in we the another challenging aspect of that whole situation was there was five or six of us living in this really really big house um oh. and, and it, was, it was a beautiful house but there was too many of us in there so we'd 
because the transportation system there, it's just, there was no, I think only a couple of people, one player had a car, the rest of us had to catch the train to, to trainings. Um, it was a real quick trip and it wasn't, you know, it was probably more convenient than a car, but you know, public transport, but it, yeah, it was wild. We, we lived on the top of a hill. So the, the, the best part about it was, even though we were with five or six other players in the house, you could look from our balcony over Luzanne, across the lake to the, you know, the water Evian, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the Evian mountains in France. So you could yeah. see. Paying down debt can be stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling these due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way you'll just have one due date a month instead of many. And Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan officers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you chances of approval, show you choice between loan officers, and you're likely to get approved, you're likely not to get approved, to apply with more confidence. Comparing loan officers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, it could save you money. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan officers to find you the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan officers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. So that was that was that was the highlight coming home, just sitting looking out across across the lake. Nice, um, nice. But uh, yeah, I, I I I never in my whole career never got fired, but I this is the closest I came to. I, I still don't call it quitting. I just got myself out of there because it was wild. Um, and the, <laughs> I had a meeting, a, a sit down meeting with the coach, and I just said, you know, the, basically told him that what's happening here is crazy. Um, you know, there's no culture. There's no no one's comfortable, you know, people are coming and going and it's not the environment, you know, it's not going to get the best out of me. Um, and, and I actually left without any, even another team to go to. Um, went back to Hamburg. So, oh, oh. Uh, so you just left and like, didn't even know what you're going to do. You just left the team. Yeah, I left the team. And um, that was probably one of the most challenging. Um, I know you've gone through a similar situation where you were trying out for this team and that team and bouncing around. Um, after listening to your your journey on the <laughs> shout out basketball yeah. journey, yep, yep, yeah, that was a great story. Um, I yeah, I was in Hamburg and it was below minus five every day. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Um, cold, it like, cold, it's cold, frozen, frozen. <laughs> it's even black ice on the roads. There's there's snow ice everywhere. So I, I had nowhere to train. They didn't have a first team in Hamburg at that. At, at that stage and I didn't even know where the closest second league team was so I, I just took it upon myself to go to this little old outdoor basketball court at a park sweep <laughs> the ice off sweep the ice off the court or rake it off and I'd train out there for a couple of hours a day in you know below zero 
Um, I was slipping all over the place. I couldn't really work on much. I was just running around and shooting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and then um, finally got the call up. Well, I, I was in touch with David Vick. He was um, the centre, stretch stretch five man for back in the day. So he, he was before his time. Um, he had played most of his career in Portugal. I mm -hmm. played, we both signed in Switzerland together um, and became friends. And then he got out of there as well um, and, and went back to Portugal because that's where he you know, built his career and stuff right, like right, that. So right, 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 right. He, he was on a team and he spoke to the coach that had an opening. So I went out for a tryout and signed, signed with that team in Portugal. Um, mm, okay. okay. Yeah, so, so, so that team was based on the Azores Islands. So it wasn't on the mainland. So we'd, we'd have to fly to a two hour flight. So it's basically in the middle, middle of the Atlantic between America and Europe. Okay. These Azores Islands, these little row of islands. And, and, and we'd have to fly two hours to the mainland for away games, but they'd bunch them together. So we'd stay for two weeks in this five-star resort on, on the beach in um, Costa de Capri. I don't know the name of it, but it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was a real life. You know, the games were on TV and, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was, it was a lot of fun um, that season. Mm -hmm. oh, that's cool, man. Like I said, I've never been to Portugal. That was kind of like my last maybe stop after, after uh, Germany and then, Australia and I was like uh agent I was working with you know kind of dragged me along and I was just like okay now I'm stuck I gotta wait until December to try to go back to Europe or something like that um the money wasn't wasn't good you know like the money wasn't what I wanted yeah so you know towards the end it was just like man I, I can stay like I can just stay home and try to figure it out because yeah. I didn't want to um I was like, I, I want to keep playing. Just to say, I'm keep playing. You know, even yeah. though, even though the year we played together, I had a I had a blast playing with you and uh, other teammates. But the money was just like, bro, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I can't. It becomes not worth it at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, it becomes like not. You know, like look, I can't. I got a son now. I had a son then. You know, and it was just it was just different. You know, so I understand. Yeah. Like I said, you know, so. You go to Portugal, and then you realize, let me get back to Germany, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Left, left Portugal, um, and then yeah, finished the season. Actually, funny story about Portugal: we we were we were not paid for, I reckon, three months of the season. Wow, two three months, probably. Yeah, no, it was longer than that. Um, and we had guys who would played in the NBA, play. You know, guys had been around, and and. These guys were just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do everything. I didn't miss a training or a game, even though we weren't getting paid. There was three or four guys that sat out every practice, every game, and just sit there and, you know, laugh and joke because they're not getting paid. Laugh and joke at the practice. They were pissed off they weren't getting paid, but, you know, they were trying to make the best out of it. But they weren't going to do one thing for the club unless they got their money. <laughs> so we, we had a bit of a rocky – we made the playoffs, but we had a bit of a rocky um, end to the season because – the, the club stopped paying anyone. So it turns out, long story short, a lot of clubs that year in Portugal didn't pay their players, but we, we were lucky because we, our major sponsor was um, the government in the Azores, the, the Lusitania government. So w they sort of had to pay us, I think. So it wasn't until like five months after the season, everyone was home. We're like, oh, we didn't get our money talking to each other, you know, man, stuff that, that, that you know, talking. And then all of a sudden... It, 
everyone's contacting each other. Hey man, I got paid. I got paid. So like five <laughs> months later, they they paid us. It was really um, we know oh, no one. They paid you the whole back, all back yeah. end of the money. Yep. Yep. They, wow. they, they, they made it all all in one lump sum, and they it was months months after that everyone had left. Oh wow! See, that's a great. That's like a Christmas present in the summer. Yeah, it is. You it know, because you know, usually you get you spending money all summer. You never gain it. No, that's right. But the, I think it was only it was because it was a government thing that they had to they couldn't sort of just dodge it. So we were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> now I got you. Okay, so you go back to oh, yeah, Germany. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I go back to Germany, and I couldn't get uh, I didn't get a contract I wanted. So I just did one of those. All right, I'll sign here. I'll I'll do the best I can to get a better contract the next year. So that was Freiburg. Good club, good players, good, good mates. Good, uh, you know, met some good good people there. Yep. Um, but then I went back to Cooksarvon, so my original team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we we had a really good team. We had uh, they changed the rules at that point, so you could have um, five American, five imports, um, but you had to have one German on the court at all times, or two mm-hmm. Germans on the court at all times. So you, they'd rotate between all imports, so myself and five and four Americans, something like that. Yeah. Um, and we we came, we had a real, we just got lucky. We got lucky with the Americans we got. They were really, really good for that league. Um, and we came second, so we moved up. Essentially, if the club had enough funding, they would have gone to the first league, but okay. they weren't in a position to do that. So, you know, back then there's no playoffs. It's just you finish first or second, you go up to the league above. Okay. Um, and and they they didn't they couldn't afford that so um, and I think I came runner up in the MVP that year so then I Würzburg had just moved up from like the fifth league to the fourth league to the second league and they wanted to go to the first league so I signed a contract with Würzburg and that was a kind of a crazy situation too where we had those import rules were sort of wild then I think it went then went to one German on the court possibly and but we had like six imports or maybe more and um there was three or four of them that rotated so that, that they wouldn't suit up a lot of the time because oh. we're at the import so you had guys just train americans they had they had for that league a good budget mm-hmm. um and, and they we had just americans just out there on the team fully contracted but they barely played they were just training so um it, it, it was uh, had John O'Levy, you know John o, Jonathan Levy. I feel like I heard, I, John, I've heard of his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's from um, Inglewood. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that, yeah, that's a heck of a story, Lee. Man, because that's just crazy. Like you're out there for nine months and you're practicing, but you're not playing. You know, yeah. that's crazy. Like I remember that Germany had those crazy rules. Holland had that too. Uh, Holland had. Uh, well, you like, you know, not all teams did it, but like, because uh, we didn't do it. Our coach, he got European players. He had a couple of Americans, like two or three, but he was getting European. Like, you know, we got Europeans. Um, but there was teams that had like six, seven Americans. But it's a trick, you know, and I know I, I heard it from an agent that told me, basically, say a team has a budget for, for imports, say it's $150,000, right? For, for the year. Uh, and so like, instead of like getting two dominant imports where they both get 75 or 80, 60 or whatever the case is, the agent wants all of his players to get a job. 
So he'd be like, oh, no, no, no problem. I'll get you five Americans for 30,000, you know, each. And I'll tell them, I'll tell them that, oh man, you know, ain't no jobs out here. Ain't no other job that it's how much they gotta pay. It's their budget. And so you'll, you'll be on a team where you might be getting more than everybody else. And then these agent is divvying up these five players, you know, making this 30,000. Yeah. That's how they be getting you. There's a lot of dodgy agents out there. Yeah, man. Sure. Yeah, but, uh, I heard that. I was like, yo, okay. <laughs> it, ma it makes for um, really competitive practices, though. You got guys fighting for minutes every training session. So <laughs> it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. But um, nah, we, yeah. we, we had a great season. And Würzburg, beautiful city. It's got the river running through it. It's got a big castle on top of the hill. It's, you know, picturesque. With it. We, we had um, another um, positive to Würzburg was the it was the only city i played in where basketball was the number one sport for that city so every obviously you got you got soccer or football you got handball you got you know there, there's you know there's so many sports that are ahead. it's normally third or fourth you know but in Würzburg it was the number one so we pretty much sold out every get home game and there was they used to put a big screen out the out the front of the stadium so more people could watch um so it was a really crazy atmosphere um, and we, it was the first year Bayern Munich came into the, into the league uh, and they had plans to go uh, really big time. So they ended up going to the Euro league and they still are obviously. Um, but we, um, yeah, we ended up we ended up moving up that year while well, moving up, we, we finished second behind Munich, which yeah. was in the, in the, you know, go to up to the first league and, um, the, they, said that our coach, the club was about to sign me and John O'Levy and um, for three-year deals and stuff. But new coach came in because they said our coach was too young. And then the new coach brought all his guys in. So we sort of got, um, we, 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 yeah, we, we missed out, which was pretty disappointing after the club sort of tells you, you know, we want you and, you know, we're looking at this and this. And then uh, three weeks later, uh, no, sorry, uh, we, we've gone another direction. Which is <laughs> Never good to hear. That that year was a big year for myself. I, I won the MVP of the league, so I was thinking, man, I, I you know, Würzburg, I want to make this my home. You know, I'll, you know, I want to, I'll sign a long longer deal, and and then that happened. So um, that led me to you, I believe. The Braves was next. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can I tell you a funny story? Uh, this guy gets like a standing ovation, like on all our road games. Um, they chant Lee, 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 Lee. I'm like, this dude is a celebrity over here, man. It's crazy. Don't listen to Travis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had like a tribute, you know, to Lee and all this. I'm like, yo. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, like I said, I remember our year. Uh, it was, it was basically my last year. I just came back from Australia, and my agent at the time was like, yo. It was like, literally, I, I was home for like a week and a half, two weeks. He's like, yo, got a contract for you to go to Germany, you know? Uh, and I was like, all right, let's hit it. You know, like I had just, I had just been coming back. And like that year was like my last, you know, year to play. And you, you, you know, you showed me around, showed me the good spots to eat. It was a cool city, cool, obviously vibe, but you know, 
I felt with that team, you know, we had a lot of lot of different uh, personalities. Definitely, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of um, yeah, personalities is a good way to put it. But it the team never really gelled together as a team. There was groups of us, but and then there was I think we had three co like we had we went three through coaches. Yeah, yeah, coaches. we went through a couple of imports um, and but uh, you know the one thing that pops out to my head about that season is the Sundays going to that American movie theater with you getting all that popcorn and watching <laughs> movies that was one of the highlights that season <laughs> right no that was like the funnest time because I was like yeah we get to get out because I didn't really go out in the city I didn't really know where to go you know like I was like, I'm older now. Like, is there a club to go to? Like, I would literally, we would finish the game. I would go to Burger King, eat, and then head on home. It was nothing, you know, uh, nothing really to do. So, like, Sundays was like, yes, we get to go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, at practice, talking. What, what's out next week? Or we, you know, what, what are we going to watch this Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> that was like our thing, dude. That was thing. Oh, we are going to see so like, whatever's out, man. Let's just go. Let's just go. Yeah. You know, I remember that. It was you know, it was like me and you and the other Americans. You know, we were all driving. And your wife, yeah, your, your girl at the time, but your wife now. Yeah. So that I mean, I remember that was. I mean, those those are the times people that we remember overseas the most. Cause yeah. uh, I remember, like you, you, we read, we read like the slow, the showdown for the lowdown, because we was fighting to stay in the league. <laughs> Our last game of the season. Yeah. Oh, and we. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I forgot about that. We, we, we lose, we're out. We win, we're in. We, we, yep. we won. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we won, and the and the fans was like jumping it down, like we just won the championship. I was and, like. And then, yeah, but then the club folded, right? Yeah, they folded anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. No, no, definitely. That was my, like I said, I did that year. Uh, I was actually supposed to go to another team. A friend of mine from Estonia was on that team. I ended up not going to that team, going to you guys' team. And after that, I went to uh, back to Australia. And that was my last, my last time. I was actually trying to get Lee to play with us people. He didn't want to play. He was Hollywood. He was like, ah, I can't play for you know this unless I get seven thousand a month or whatever. Uh, that's not true. I actually was close. To, I was close to coming out there though, um, but it's a long way from where I am. <laughs> but, but anyway, no, Rockhampton is it's its own little small city. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. But that, you know. So after after our wonderful year together, what was next for you? So what was next was I went and played for Yina, mm -hmm. um, and that was a, a good club, good situation. Um, the team again, we had a lot of imports, and we were up and down. We made the playoffs in the last spot or thereabouts, and we upset the top team in the first round, best of five series. That was when playoffs started to come into it, so it was a big deal because it, it always just like soccer. <laughs> just relegation just end of the season that's it but now playoffs are in and we just creep in and then we upset Göttingen I think it was who were picked to win it um so that was a that was a highlight then we lost in the semis to Dusseldorf um no that, that was that was good and I, I I at that stage um 
well, actually, one of the highlights that season, we were losing, we we're on a losing streak, and my my dad planned to visit um, to stay with me for a few weeks. And every time he stayed with me, I think we we the, my record for when my dad or family were there, I think it must be like fourteen and one or something like that. <laughs> we went on like a six game win streak when when we were there. The coach has given my dad all his gear and like, you should stay, stay, stay. <laughs> um, he was coming on the road. The, the bus, the team bus, so they're staying in the hotel with the team and everything. It was like, <laughs> like you staying with us, you yeah, staying yeah. with us, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the lucky mascot, but he, he, um, yeah. So he, that was that was a highlight that year because, um, and then my brother came when we upset the top seed in the playoffs. So my brother was there and saw that. It was always good to get family over to watch. Um, but yeah, then yeah, that season that yeah, it was a good season. Christoph Rocket, one of my good mates on that team, he. He then went to uh, Hamburg to settle down because that's where his um, girlfriend, wife, I believe, is from. Um, and I was in a, a relationship also then that, I, that, that has since ended. Um, but I went, sort of followed Christoph Rocket um, to Rissvedel just to, I sort of, I was sort of done by that stage, but I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go play with Christoph Rocket. It's closer to where at the time my girlfriend's was and stuff so I, I was like oh, I'll try that and then that relationship ended um with the girl at the time uh and the season was um I just wasn't into it mentally this was like a you know I think this season had to happen that season had to happen for, for me to realize you know I, I'm sort of I'm I'm burnt out I'm done I need I need to I need to end I need to end my um forcing myself to keep playing like you know um so I, I finished the season out um that was a challenge just to finish the season I, I i really had to fight dig deep to go to you know you're still you're still training twice a day you're playing mm-hmm. um and, and you, you you probably you're not doing as good as what you you know you can do so it mm-hmm. starts to get frustrating um at that stage i'm older than most people on the team so you become a little bit of a grumpy old man and you, you're not really yourself. Um, but there was some, you know, made some good friends there. And that was the last season I played. Then I um, I left. I, I, I thought, I'm going home. So I came back to Australia, which was the, the, the best thing, you know, that ever happened because closer to my family and now able to try and transition into that next phase of life, which is always a challenge. <laughs> yes. No, I, I agree with you on that, man. I think... Uh... That's always the ch- the challenge to kind of figure out what's next for you. So, you know, after you officially retired, um, what was the next thing? What was the next thing for you? Yeah, so I I got back to Australia and um, I didn't want to play basketball anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do? Luckily, I I'd st- when I was in Yena, I studied um, and got my cert three and four in fitness, so I could do personal training, group fitness training and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I had that and um, I was pretty uh, passionate about training and the gym and stuff like that. So my brother-in-law worked at a gym and um, he helped me get a job at, at a gym as a you know personal trainer and gym instructor. Um, so I started doing that. I got a call from Leonard Copeland, who is a American, but a legend out in, here in Australia, mm-hmm. played in the NBA for years. Um, he was coaching 
in the second division and he said come and play i said no i'm not playing <laughs> three, months, three months pass enough for me to sort of you know get back to you know a, a good headspace um as far as basketball goes so then i signed and played in the second division i played for five years there so it was sort of a soft transition so i got to play at that level it's training twice a week playing on the weekends and trying to get a, a, a normal life going, you know? So mm. I, I was able to like soft transition. I probably played for three years too long, but I, I they, they still um, paid decent pocket money. So I was like, I'll keep playing. Um, and I slowly just progressed in the fitness industry. Um, I went into memberships and managing the health club and managing a, an a, a pool a seasonal pool and so i work for a company called blue fit um and they manage aquatic centers gyms tennis centers and golf courses and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah i just started off as the personal trainer and sort of worked my way up and now i manage um an area of um sites and oversee the management of, of that area so um yeah it worked out really well for me i know it was a it was a it was a tough sort of three, four year period to figure out, first of all, what am I going to do with all my time now? What am I going to do with my life? Do I, I need to work. Where am <laughs> I agree, I gonna, agree. Can I, I can't, you know, I, I can't just, um, you know, I've got to find something I'm passionate about as well. And, you know, you know that, you know, too well that challenge. <laughs> no, no. Oh my God. I think we both talked about it before we got on this, uh, before we started this, you know, interview, I was just like, man, it was hard, man. It was, it was really hard. It was, you know, like I didn't want to play basketball. I, I hated that. I didn't watch it. Nothing. You know, I was just in my own head and space and just not knowing what to do with my life. Period. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Cause you, you, you're used to the highs and lows of basketball and for, for the most part, definitely in your your career you've had a lot of highs big highs um you had a real successful big time career <laughs> i'm going to describe it for you trap um and then to come back to a you know a normal sort of day-to-day it's it's not easy um, no 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 it's, it's, it's like out. i said the transition and like i said that's why like i like to talk about it with people like yourself, you know, who's been through it and now, you know, moving on to the next thing, which is good, man. You know, like you was always like people, he was always kind of like the male model of the team. He had the long hair, kind of like the thing over his head. So he would kind of run and do his hair and the girls, the German girl, ooh, me, you know. <laughs> I don't know about that. But <laughs> uh... <laughs> You know, I mean, he had the, he, he did have the long hair. Look, he had the super long hair then, you know. Yeah, that's how I was kind of like, when he cut it, I was like, what? He cut it? Lee? He could have wanted him being a model, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, no. Well, part of that period, what well, more recently, there was lockdown. So that was, that was also another... You know, time where yeah, you know, challenging time. I was I was Santa Claus. I was I didn't shave or nothing. You know, cut my hair, nothing. I, I was I had the big beard then. You know, yeah. So no, I had a beard. I was just looking at a photo the other day, and it was it was disgusting. Now that I look back on it, I did, for like a year I didn't clip, clip my beard. Um, but I did. I did in that lockdown. I was just got bored. I still had my job, but I 
um, reduced hours. Um, so I had a bit more spare time and I started making, um, this is me just, you know, going not crazy in a way, but trying to stay busy. I had got my wife, um, Jamie, she bought a Chihuahua and I didn't want one. And then I fell in love with it. I wanted another one. So we got, we got two Chihuahuas and they can't get up onto the bed. So I made some stairs for him to get up onto the bed. And a few people saw the stairs and asked if you know, I could make them. So I'm starting to churn out these stairs and sell these stairs. And I thought, oh, there's, 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 there's something here. So I, I've actually, I started um, a little business, a little side business, um, small pause, go just selling some pet um accessories and gear and stairs and stuff like that so see um, see people he, he started a business during COVID <laughs> a side <laughs> business <laughs> so I get that man I, I mean that's good well okay what was the best thing about uh being overseas and uh what was the worst thing about being overseas when you went to Europe yeah um the well the best thing about being overseas was one year, I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world, and I got mm -hmm. to do that um, more so because I've played over there. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the best thing, there's no, there's nothing better than those winning seasons, those winning, you know, just just winning. It's it's nothing beats that feeling. That was the the you know the the, the best thing, and all the um, fondest memories of those winning teams. We didn't win together, but still fond memories. No, you know, definitely, but, definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, you, you meet some like you know i was lucky enough to meet you um you meet some really um you know lifelong friends along the way um but but winning 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 was okay if i could single it out um Würzburg was probably the highlight basketball wise because you know it's the number one sport in that city and loved that you know they loved it and it was mm -hmm. it was craziness and then the the hardest part was i'm really close to my friends and family um so being away from uh friends and family for nine months of the year that's it, it never it never got any easier from year one to year 10 over there mm -hmm. it was always the worst day for that period of time of my life when i had to fly out you know You're like all right i'm going i'm doing what i love i i, I'm, I don't you know i want to do this but it was just always sucked leaving leaving that day when you had to fly out and leave everyone um mm -hmm. but yeah having having family visit over there was also probably one of the highlights as well no no definitely i i'm the only the two people came for me uh as far as like family uh, i had you know my ex lived with me for a couple months one year uh my son's mother lived with me or not lived with me she visited me a couple times but uh I would say when my, when my I got injured when I had my stress fracture and I had the plate in my in my shin, and I was yeah. out, I was I couldn't move the room I couldn't leave my house for two weeks, and my mom came in emergency so she cooked for me every day. Man, I must have gained about fifteen pounds, little mama man. She was cooking good <laughs> food, put good seasoning on it. I'm like. <laughs> Your chicken mama tastes 10 times better than my chicken. Golly. None beats mom cooking, you know, as far as that go. Uh, Europe was this, you know, I use it as Europe was that world. And that's the world I was in at that time. I didn't think about the States. That's the only way I could survive, you know, for, for so long. Was like, I, didn't, I thought about Europe when I was in Europe. 
I thought about the states and I was in the states. Yeah. I, I, having having teammates that gone through the same thing, obviously, than yourself, that 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 always always helped, and you became really close with. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it was mostly you know a few a few of the locals, but the language barrier and all that. Um, yeah, yeah. It was always Americans who I sort of bonded with more, and um, like yourself, hung out with and. Uh, yeah, no, do you like people like yourself? Was the people that I basically hung out with all the time. If, if I wasn't playing PlayStation or something like that, uh, I was basically like with Lee. <laughs> we were doing something, either going to eat or going to movies many, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how many hours do you reckon you racked up on the PlayStation per season? <laughs> <laughs> Man, look, I'll tell you this at that time, at that time. Nobody could beat me in any of the sports games. I'm a, <laughs> in Madden, NBA 2K, none of that. Like you could, nobody could see me. If I if I would have been on one of those professional teams that get money, if I was as much as I was playing, because that's yeah. all I did. I would you know I would come home from first practice, play a little bit, ice, sleep. You know, go to practice, come home, play, go to sleep, you know, like every day. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it was an everyday thing. So there was one season in Würzburg, a similar thing. We had like eight of the guys were just into PlayStation. So we would it would be wake up, play, go to shoot around, go home, have lunch, play, train again at night, and then all hours of the night after that session, everyone's on the on, on playing Call of Duty was the one back then. Like it was just mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the head. Yeah, that, that took way too many hours of my life. <laughs> See, people, that's what we do. You want to know what athletes do? Play video games on the road. That's all we do. <laughs> all right. So I, I would say you had to transition, obviously, and you knew when you, you know, you knew when to hang it up because um, you say you just mentally wasn't, you was kind of transitioning to the next phase. Um, what we always do on the show is we ask every person that's been on the show, like uh, whoever's been in low moments, like what was like your lowest moment? Like, how did you get out of that lowest moment? Did you deal with family? Did you deal with yourself? Did you deal with anything else, God, or whatever the case is? How did you get out of that low moment? And how did it help you become the person you are today? Yeah, it's probably go back to that time in Hamburg where I, I, hadn't spent much time in Hamburg so I didn't really have any teammates there or I hadn't played in Hamburg and I was coming from um, Switzerland and I was without it without a team you know everything flashes before your eyes what am I done and what's going on okay there's no you know it was a bad time of year to sign as well um, so I was very lonely but I, I was and I, I was obviously um, you know contemplating going home to Australia um, mm -hmm. and I was, I wasn't in, I wasn't in a great place, but I, I did have, and always have had a good, you know, support or a team around me, like family and friends really close, even though they're in Australia, speak to them every day, pretty much. So I, mm -hmm. I, that, that helped me probably the most. And then just, like I said, going, you know, getting the ice off that court and going to train two hours a day, it was, it was as, as depressing as that was, that's probably what got me through. Um, you know, so I started to look forward to that two hours every day where I'd go to the court um, and just shoot and work out, you know, in, in below zero. So I, I think 
yeah, focusing, focusing on myself during that time, um, you know, it's cliche, but made me a lot stronger because from that moment on, I always had, you know, I could always go back to that place mentally and think, well, I'm in a good place now because look where I was. <laughs> right. So, yeah. No, no. I mean, I agree with you. I think uh, one of the years uh, when I was coming off an injury, uh, trying to get back into the, you know, playing, you know, I remember uh, I missed a year because I was I had the stress fracture and I got hurt again, you know, rehabbing. And so uh, I was in, I was in Finland and I went to Holland. I was staying at a friend of mine's place and like I, she had a bike. So, you know, cause she had to go to work. So I would use her dad's bike. And like, you know, in Holland, they have those bikes with the thing for your groceries. Like, so one of those, you know, <laughs> old school 1960s bikes. Yeah. I would ride that to the gym, to the, the weight room or whatever the gym they had and lift and do the treadmill and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was just like, man, it was a, you know, gift and a curse at the same time. Like I realized like, yeah, it's, I, I know it's coming to an end if I got to do this. And then I realized like I can always, this, that was my mental place. Okay, I was doing this, to, you know, so I can play in, in Australia. You know where y'all speak a form of English, but not English. <laughs> that was my next job was Australia after that. So, um, right, like I said, it was cool. Like I said, so it was it, definitely a blessing, man. Definitely a blessing. Well, I want to say thank you, Lee, man, for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, it's been like a couple years in the making. You know. I've been begging Lee to come on for a whole year now, so he finally came on. Um, I appreciate you so much for coming on, Lee, man. We got to get back on. You got you to come back on again, like, you know, because you my international friend, so um, <laughs> I got to bring you back on again. <laughs> uh, I've had fun, Trav. Thanks, thanks for having me on, and um, it's good to see you doing so well, too. Oh, man, you know, like I, I realized for myself, I was like, dude, I don't want to coach. I don't want to do nothing like that. I'm too hard on my son. He didn't want me to coach him because I would yell at him all the time. And I was like, <laughs> let me back up off that. And so I found like my voice is something I wanted to do was, you know, obviously podcasting, which is interview, telling people my story and interviewing people about their story. Uh, and like ours is intertwined because we played together and played against each other. So, uh, you know, I enjoy it and I'm gonna keep doing it. And I'm gonna keep on bringing on guests like you. We're going to keep moving. Yeah, good to you hear, know. man. And you got the voice for it, too, Trav. The perfect voice. <laughs> Everybody says the same thing. You have a DJ voice. <laughs> so, well, thank you, Lee, like I said. Um, shout out, people, your, your Instagram. I don't, I don't know if you want to keep it undercover or, like, you know, let people know about oh, your no. business. No, no. Oh, my business is Small Pause Co., but it's only really in Australia. So most of the listeners are probably in America and Instagram and all that. I'm not too, I don't need to share that. <laughs> so you don't, you don't want to get in trouble with your wife, with the girls like, oh, who's Lee? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got you. Well, like I said, thank you, Lee. Uh, if you listen this far, I appreciate it. Please like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe to this show because uh, an athlete's journey. It's something that uh, it means a lot to me. And like I said, I'm going to keep bringing y'all guests after guests after guests. 
and we're going to keep this train moving. You can follow me at Travis W. Reed on Instagram, at Travis W. Reed on Instagram, R-E-E-D, and Travis W. Reed on Facebook. Uh, I post all my social media stuff there, too. Um, if you have a LinkedIn account, you can follow me, uh, Travis Reed's Book Club. I have a book club for, you know, athletes who like to read. So it's something a little different, you know. Plus, uh, you know, we go on to YouTube pretty soon. And, um, you know, you'll be seeing these interviews, these clips of them, uh, you know, uh, you know, along the future, probably in the next coming weeks. All right. So I want to say thank you again. This is Travis Reese signing up for Athlete's Journey on the Believe Network. Peace. Partners on at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds and NBA playoffs, fights, and even the next features. And don't forget that all MLB is back as well. Who are you picking the world? Pick the play in the World Series, or who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports waging needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device and join our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.